As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Today's episode of Android's Dungeon. Griffcon, baby. Griffcon. At least Griffcon's shadow. A shadow of its former self, or the shadow that rises behind it. Joel and I talk about epic games as well. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. It is a very busy day as we record this live, 100% live. Definitely when you're listening to this, what's going on, what I'm talking about is happening still. Mm, can't believe I get out of work every day, at, every week at Thursday at 1. My boss is the best. <laughs> We've got the greatest boss in the world that let us take extraordinary liberties with our uh, schedules. Gives us an hour and a half off every uh, Thursday afternoon. It's very busy at the University of Guelph right now. There's doing, uh, there is doing... I went to school good. Yeah. Uh, welcome. Welcome. The science and uh, mathematics, engineering, engineering perspectives. Yeah. Because when I think of a school about engineering, I think of Guelph, University of Guelph, the cow school. Because yeah. Aggies. Aggies. Keep an eye out for Aggies, folks. You can recognize them. They've got pitchforks. They smell like manure. I thought it was funny when they said vote for Aggie. I, at first, I was thinking that they were just saying <laughs> vote for uh, the agriculture. <laughs> 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 Apparently, it's someone actual named Aggie. Aga- Agonista? But that's what they're Aga- calling Agnesca. her. I forget. But it, it ties well into the university culture, and I think that's probably where she's getting... Maybe it was a trick. It was just... Both of her votes. It's like, as if Prince was running for something, and uh, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this necessarily. Prince? <laughs> changing your name to fit into a, a specific... Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fit into a an election. Culture, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> running... Uh, all those democratically needed, elected monarchs. Yeah, and, they needed a token to go up against the old Cammy. Old Cammy, Cam Guthrie, friend of the show, of course. I'm gonna also Cam Guthrie's dedicated <laughs> listener, mayor of Guelph, Cam Guthrie. I met him once at a garage sale, which was funny. Uh, I didn't recognize him because he's. Uh, in case you don't know, I'm taller than most people, and Cam Guthrie is, I think, shorter than most people. Yeah. Or maybe he's just average size. I'm not sure, but I, I didn't recognize him until I just kind of I did one of those double takes where you you recognize. And usually, <laughs> I'm, yeah, and I, I think, oh, nice to meet you, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> and I don't. I like <laughs> yeah, to think of, I was in at the boardroom during our grand opening. I think. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of awkward. You don't know what to say, but he's he's he he's very comfortable yeah. and easy approachable. Exactly, and cool it's, it's not like I had a negative experience with him. But all I can think of is the Simpsons episode where um, I, I forget the context of it, but there Bill Clinton is going down the street playing saxophone, and uh, this car drives by Moe's in the back seat, and I think Barney's driving, and <laughs> Mo leans out the the window and says, "Get back to work, Clinton." <laughs> Clinton stops her and says, "Make me," and then he just starts playing, and they just drive off. It's just, just a great little just bit. Chilling. <laughs> Get back to work, Clinton. <laughs> Yelling at the president. Yes. Android's Dungeon, by the way, is a show about uh, games, movies, presidents. music, presidents, leaders, uh, Simpsons references, since that's how I basically communicate. Yeah, it's some sort of alien life form. Uh, well, we, we're looking forward to the future where we can only 
speaking meme. Speaking meme. What do you meme? Everyone's favorite game. Yep. Uh, that is not an endorsement. That was sarcasm, by the way. Joel's just adjusting his headphone because he probably owns one channel or something because I screwed it up. Anyway, uh, you can check us out on all the other podcast apps uh, out there. Um, it's just search Android's Dungeon. You can find us on Instagram. I don't think Instagram's going to update in a little bit, but that's mostly because I think we just, I haven't been playing enough games to yeah, we need take some more pictures picks. of them. So. And you can follow us on Twitter. You can see me rant about stuff occasionally. I'll send Kayla a picture from from last night. Yeah, there we go. A couple. Joel, what have you been playing recently? Last night, you were all there, I'm sure. All of our dedicated listeners attended because it was the event of the season. Uh, I think the main event uh, in Guelph for board games is GriffCon. And there's a winter version now. GriffCon Shadow. What do you think, Jack? Um, this is my first time doing anything related to GriffCon. I've heard about it a bunch of times, and I'll be honest, I was scared away mostly from wanting to even look at it because it seemed like it was very heavy on the tabletop stuff. And it, it's not a strike against tabletop. It's uh, it's pure taste, but I don't want to go somewhere and just see a bunch of people sitting at tables playing Pathfinder or D&D. Bunch or of grognards. It's a bunch of grog... You know what? Nothing against grognards. It's just... I, I like my own type of grognard. line. <laughs> yeah. Because it's fine. But it's it's just... it's it's it, this. I think this is an opportunity on the show to do one of our, our uh, often forgotten segments about definitions. Yeah. And I think we've done grognards before. But uh, tabletop is something I think that's important to define because I think it gets thrown around a lot. And yeah. it's an important definition to make. And I think a lot of gamers try to... T- take tabletop and just make it cover everything yeah. because they w- they don't want to define well this game doesn't have a board this yeah. is only cards so you yeah. can't call it but i think your definition of tabletop is uh is a little more solid right well it, it, this is just mine and but it when i'm if i'm using the word tabletop i'm going to refer to it's, it's going to mean two things basically and it's mostly going to mean um primarily something related to like miniatures like warhammer mm. or um, any of the variants on these, like Star Wars, uh, X-wing, X-wing, those sorts of things. Basically, it's, they're war games, but they involve a like a giant table uh, area, and there's measuring, maybe, but it, it's not. It, it's its own world. It usually yeah. figure miniature heavy. Did you go war into games. the other room? Did you see? I, I popped. Yeah, and it's, it's just like the entire table is covered in papers. Yeah. Well, that's the and that's getting into the second part of the tabletop is then you say because there's tabletop war games. And then there's tabletop RPGs. And yep. if someone says tabletop RPG, the first thing I think of, even though, again, you're starting to get into arguments about definitions and things, but I think of Pathfinder D&D or yep. all the variations on these ones. But that that it's synonymous with pen and paper RPG for me as well. So, Yeah, or the broken wheel or whatever. Yeah. But I think uh, if you're talking about tabletop gaming, um, I guess it depends who you're talking to. Because yeah. a lot of other people will say, um, we'll just use the term tabletop gaming instead of board games because yeah. board games was the traditional definition back when everything had a yeah. board. And it's also, too, that it, it doesn't help when guys like Will Wheaton, I don't even know if he's, his show's still on. It must be. I don't you know. know. <laughs> you don't hear anything about it, but I think it's just our circle doesn't... I think they caught a lot of flack because they gave a lot of rules wrong because they like to introduce the rules, and I think he, there were two or three episodes where he messed up <clears throat> the rules or something. Yeah. And from then on, kind of lost cred or something. I don't even know if like the average viewer, like the person tuning in to Will Wheaton Tabletop, gives uh, a rat's behind about yeah, like, whether he's... About. 
It, it's, but I think what I heard was that, and this is all secondhand stuff, was that they he, Wheaton had a habit, or at least he blamed producers and other people for screwing up stuff when. Um, I think it was instead of just saying, oh, sorry, guys, I messed up. I'll do better next time. Like, there was like a weird sort of like, no, this was somebody else's fault. This is my fault. Yeah, my yeah, like, pass the blame. It's yeah. like, come on, man. Just like, let's move on. Like, but <laughs> shut up. And I mean, if we're going to talk about yeah. uh, popular game reviewers, Tabletop was it for a bit. I think the big one. And then I think Shut Up and Sit Down um, kind of took over for a while. I think 2015 or so mm-hmm. came really big and they just broke up. Yeah, it's interesting because you have I this was I think we wanted to talk about this last episode we didn't have time. But yeah. the the world of online viewer or online um game tabletop stuff cuz again I'm going back to this catch-all term but that's it's Wheaton's fault. I'm going to blame I'm going <laughs> to pass the buck to Wheaton on this one. Thanks, but Will. Will, shut up Wesley. You have this thing where it's like you call tabletop but it's everything. It's yeah. like it's board but you're just playing board games mostly or card games and you're calling that tabletop versus yeah. whatever. But you have I know people that specifically went and bought games because I saw it played on tabletop, which was like, wow, that's interesting. It's somebody been getting an endorsement. For me, it was Dice Tower. I started with those guys, and I yep. still watch them, even though they're not the, like, they're not the most dynamic and the well-produced videos. But isn't uh, Dice Tower like an amalgamation, like an alliance almost of uh, alliance, various yeah. reviewers? Well, the main ones are you've got Tom Vassell, Z Garcia, and Sam Healy. Those are the yep. big three, and then there's some uh, other guys like um, the Eric. Um, Eric, I want to say Eric Smalls or something, but he's the guy. He does their vo- like they. He would always do their vo- um, the voice acting or the voiceovers for their videos. Like number one, <laughs> and just he has a in a world in a world. Um, so you have the Dice Tower guys, and um, some people hate them. Like it, it's crazy yeah. how there's, there's certain groups that just despise certain elements of the online. I wonder if anybody listens to Android's Dungeon. It's like, man, I really like what Jack has to say, but the Joel guy. <laughs> I just skip it's, it every time he's on the it'd show. It'd be the opposite. I'm the one just running my mouth mostly. So. Yeah. But And then you have, uh, like you're saying, Shut Up and Sit Down, yeah. which are, um, I'm going to scrub their names. Uh, but basically three lads from England, um, and one of which was living in BC for a while, Paul. Uh, but like you're saying, Paul has just left the show. I think it, it, I don't think there was anything negative about his, his leaving or anything, but I think it's just like life is taking hold and he doesn't have the time to produce yep. these videos. And I think he's going into it a real job maybe related to the field. I don't want to speculate too much, but yeah. then you have Quinns and Matt who are hanging around now. So yeah. uh, but I, we talked about this too, but it seems almost like when uh, they're making a review of, uh, of a game and then the developer comes along and says, and makes a response. It's almost like um, they're changing not <clears> only <throat> the popularity, but the uh the opinions of the game just in the fact of reviewing it so it's almost like they're so involved in the community and they're friends with some of the developers that i can't understand how they could now objectively review a game that's an interesting question i think it's one of these cases where you've seen this happening in every industry it's like books and movies have handled this for a long time yeah um and music as well and, but now you're entertaining the, the the media of like with video games. It's widely considered video game journalism is a joke, and yeah. it's like totally corrupt. Nine nines and tens from nines IGN and tens, every time. IGN, like, please, and, you're just being paid off. And well, and there, there <laughs> were explicit cases of people actually being paid off. Famous case yeah. was I think it was for Canyon Lynch two um, with Idos who was paying for reviews, and somebody blew the whistle on that one. But how can you? It, it's like you look at a. I don't want to go too far down this path here, but when you load up a review for a game. 
and all around the sides are ads for the game and stuff. Like, hmm, yeah. it really makes you think. Well, but, that's why you tune into Android's Dungeon because we're too small to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Joel's wrong. We think, just don't take the money. Think about our turn it down. Uh, friend of the show, Alex. Right, yeah. he's getting free games uh, to review. Yeah, uh, early access free games. Uh, if somebody is giving him a game and he's giving them a four. Yeah on his site are they going to keep giving him games and that that gets into the whole thing about like some people think you should never accept a free game yeah uh, you should always be buying it yourself or um i for me at the bare minimum there's nothing wrong with taking a free game but you have to be able to say that a you disclose it this was yeah. i received a copy for free from publisher or wherever steam key a lot of good websites do that and b you have to have the understanding with the person giving it to you is that just because you've given me this can does not mean you're going to be getting something positive. Yeah. And but you could argue again. It's like but how, how you could know, you you're not? In, you're in direct communication yeah. with them, right? And you're going to be writing back and forth, and you're going to be like, "Sorry about that review, man." Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. That's why we we stay so uh, irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joel, we're just, just hyper hyper specific in our relevancy. <laughs> That's the. It's a very easy. But I've, but it's I have seen this conversation before in the board game world is that yeah. the guys like Rado and shut up and sit down and like I I don't really I maybe I don't listen to them enough maybe I don't listen to their podcasts and or read their blogs and stuff do they disclose how they get the game do they um, talk about how the ethics behind receiving a game for free and what it's like for a publisher to if you get a game and or maybe they don't do review if it's a bad game they just I'm sorry I won't talk about this and I'll only yeah. do it if I like it. I also thought it was interesting bringing it back to Griffcon. Yeah, uh, all the people there that had their games out, and I think of a uh, friend of the show, maybe Mark McKinnon, who's uh, one of the owners of the boardroom, has mm -hmm. produced a bunch of games, and uh, now I know the guy at the round table is also really involved in producing games. So obviously, there's some crossover with owning a game cafe and getting your name out there and producing these games. Now, these games that they've made, do I want to play them? Probably not. But, uh, you know, then you get into a relationship with them, you start talking to them, and you, you almost want to humor them, you know? Like, do I want to play Worker Placement or Albion's I don't Legacy? Know, or? I don't know if humor is the right word. It, I think it's more just like, just like how, let's, it sounds weird, but let's put it back to movies or something. Like, let's say you have a friend who makes a movie, and yeah. it's like, it's it's a... Uh, it's a movie about a, a a boy who works in a field somewhere, and uh, his father dies, and life is hard. Then he dies. It's like, <laughs> hmm, this does not sound fun or like something I want to watch. But my friend made it. I want to see what it's like. Yeah. And you 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 need to watch these things. You need to experience them. And in games, for games too, it's like you want you should try different things outside of your boat. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's a weak point of myself that a lot of things I'll just dismiss because I'm like, I'm not interested. Yeah, but then it comes down to like, I guess this is everything in life. You you know, you got to balance between being honest and you being only, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, right? So if you're getting reviews, like if you, uh, I come up to you and I say, yeah, check out Jack's wicked awesome civilization ripoff. And it's like, okay, I'll, tr I'll try. Coming it. soon, 2020. 2020. And you play it and you're like, whoa, baby. <laughs> Did somebody uh, not flush or something? something it's and it's you should there's a difference between uh, like taking a crap all over something and being constructive in feedback and yeah. i think that's the big difference and here's the thing if you say something really nice about that game and then he's he's encouraged and he goes and he publishes it and he spends a whole bunch of money printing it yeah and then it goes out to the world they're not going to be no no polite. No. you might as well give him the criticism now yeah rather than him finding out later and, but it also gets back to the the idea of like is this for me 
I think that's something else. It's like that's I can, it, you yeah. can, can you acknowledge that this style. is this is like, let's go back to video games. I hate sports games. Uh, if if you make me play a sport game, I'll be able to say like like I can I can address things. Was it easy to understand the controls? Was I did it look pretty? Yeah. But beyond that, it's like How I don't know what you're expecting from me. It's like I don't get it. I'm not the person to give this to. But if you hand me some nerdy Japanese RPG, oh boy, I'll give you a, a breakdown of this one. But but it, it's the same thing as games. It's you. If you hand me a, like a miniature heavy game, I'll play it. Um and but it's not my thing. It's not like if you're handing me this war game, like making play Warhammer or something. Like I'd be more than happy to try it. But you're asking the wrong person about this. Yeah. But going back to Griffcon and yeah. what what did you think of it? Because I kind of danced around. Like it wasn't what I was expecting. And I've always been afraid of it because it seemed heavy on the 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 RPGs yeah. and the the war game miniature stuff. I think when I got there, I kind of got the impression that everybody had come in a group to play games with uh, themselves in yeah, a group, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that I was nothing was going to come of being there. Basically, right? I was thinking we could do this in the comfort of of my place or your yeah, place, yeah. and we could be having just as much fun. Yeah. And and uh, the one guy who uh, Guelph board gamers, if you if you're interested in joining us to play games, obviously get on Guelph board gamers on Facebook. Uh, one guy that had met us on there had said he was going to come so i felt like obligated to hang around but then he had sent me a message saying he was going to go for a hike or something and i was like well <laughs> what am i doing here then <laughs> i'm going to go for a hike so i was on the on the border of just getting up and leaving when uh, when i i think i told you that yeah. and then all of a sudden uh somebody from the round table came up to me and said Oh, is that root? And I had deliberately brought root and azul because yeah. I was thinking I'll bring the hotness, and then if somebody sees that, you know, hopefully it'll organically turn into a game because a lot of people haven't played root yet, right? Because it's hard yeah. to acquire, and apparently azul too is quick, is quick just note. Gone. If you look on Amazon right now, you can they're trying to sell copies of I think it just root the base game for 180 bucks. 180, right? And this is you know like a 50 dollar game. So, and I mean, Azul is sold out too right now. And really? surprisingly, um, Fog of Love is sold out. <laughs> oh, no. See, uh, we were thinking that would be a perfect wedding gift, you know, because yeah. then you, you know, get to know each other. Or you just ruin each other. <laughs> Turns out you hate each other. But anyway, getting back to, uh, <laughs> to GriffCon again. Uh, so we managed to get uh, some random people into Root. And uh, obviously, I, I forgot that we could have played six player, but instead, Jack generously sat out. So we played Root, we played Azul, mm -hmm. and then Jack had to go and we played Container. So I, well, let's talk about Container in a minute. But in for GriffCon, it was neat that people came and played Root. Yep. And it was neat people learned Azul. Azul is so simple that it'd be tough. To, if you've never played it before, turning it down would be... Like, what are you doing? This is, yeah. I'm not chilling this for re well, bad reasons. Well, here's the thing about cons, right? Cons is where you try something new. And it didn't feel like that at GriffCon. It felt like everybody was playing Pathfinder. <laughs> well, that's it. You show up, like, and look, if I, I don't know the Pathfinder world. Yeah. May, maybe a lot of things are planned. It's like, okay, we're going to do a big special session for GriffCon this weekend. It's like you're, you're showing up there, but you're showing up in the same group. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I made, I've only been to these sorts of things a couple times, and I think... I think back to Breslau when we went the one time, and yep. I thought, have we been twice or once? Anyway, and it's like we came and we just were in the same group as we normally were, and yeah. just playing we games just in a different environment around other people. <laughs> and just like, oh, how's the buy sell going? <laughs> and 
But it's it's something about that's what I was expecting. Griffcon was going to be more about was that there was going to be more people milling around and lots yeah. of people playing board games and people kind of looking around looking for something new to try. Yeah, or... and they still had those tokens looking for players, which is yeah. useful. But no one was using. No them. one I'm was the only one that actually. You took had it set up, table. and there was no one else there. Like we had one guy who was walking around a little bit and kind of keeping an eye on things. But was he yeah. part of another game and he was just taking a break or who knows? What? Yeah. So it just felt like if. <laughs> if the people from the round table and we, there needs to be some mechanism yeah. in the con to deliberately push people to interact with each other. And it might be like, put your name in a hat. Yeah. Tell us which games you're interested in yeah, yeah. and we'll set up a game for you. And maybe we'll talk to them about it for March. You yeah. Know? So maybe we'd love to be involved. I think that's the trick is that, and it's also driving, pulling more people. And there's, I when we were in uh, Waterloo that, that morning and they had to sign up at J and J's in their little uh, foyer or lobby that was talking about Griffcon shadow. And it, they they definitely were marketing and yep. it was out there, but the the turnout as far as for board games was very very limited because Lovely. I don't think they pushed it. Even though it seemed like there was more of an emphasis on the board game side of it than the other Griffcon. Yeah, but maybe Shadow is just one of those things where it's just like come if you want. I mean, I know Griffcon yeah. is a lot more formal, and I know that I entered in a tournament in Griffcon, so I mean it was put it was on a Carcassonne by the board room, tournament, but, wasn't it? No, it was, it was it was all the games. Carcassonne was part of it. Oh yeah, but um, you basically play like four different games and see what you're your ranking was at the end yeah um but griffcon itself though it's the the shadow version we had again want to highlight this one it just it wasn't what i was expecting and i think i was disappointed with the amount of people that were there to do something that wasn't already hyper defined or like yeah. i'm showing up here and i'm doing this exactly which I'm, I'm not begrudging anyone but it was just i was thinking there was gonna be more people playing board games i think essentially <laughs> yeah because those games and the thing about board games are they're over quick yeah, typically, <laughs> but that leaves that leaves room for like, oh, okay, I don't have time for this, or not that I don't have time for this, but like, okay, I want to see what else is going on. Nice to meet you. Thank you for all sitting, and I'll learn this. I'll play this. Yeah. Or who wants to? Which learn is this exactly thing? what it sounded like yeah. happened at Gen Con for Harry. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. People jumping into games, leaving games, mm -hmm. obviously checking out the new games. Yeah, uh, and uh, we'll hope that happens for for Griffcon too. Yeah, or we set up our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Root was a lot of fun. We saw yeah. something really new with the woodland creatures where they were managed to get everything out, basically. Wild. Um, obviously, part of that was the fact that the Vagabond, as always, got ahead, and then everybody recognized it For once. and bopped him down. But then yeah. you kind of become this leapfrog thing where yeah. somebody's got to come to the end, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the woodlands just exploded. Yeah. It was crazy. And I, But part of it is that... Um, once people start giving you cards, you become a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And if somebody's not smashing sympathy, you're going to get revolts on. You're going to lose all your units in that spot. There's going to be bases out. All of a sudden, they're doing military actions. It's like it, it's an, it was a case of everyone recognized the Vagabond doing well. And then by the time the Vagabond was sort of neutralized, it's like, oh, the Woodland Alliance is now flying to victory. <laughs> How can we stop them? We can't. It's impossible. Yeah. There's, we fed them too many cards. They're going to spread sympathy, revolts. It's just going to be crazy. But that's the good thing about Root. I think uh, I knocked down the cats a bit yeah. and th the thing and that they each had a turn where they gained no victory points. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's the thing. Is The good thing about Root is that it keeps going. There's never a, a point of stagnation where nobody's... Yeah, 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 that's a good way. Everybody's got cards in their hands with victory points they can <clears throat> craft, and you know it's gonna end, which is you know <laughs> the goal. It's not the goal of any game, but you know you you want to see the the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly, and that's I think the that's the one thing that maybe worries me a bit about Root in the beginning is that people look at like there's definitely the moment. I'm pretty sure every time uh, you you teach the game to people, 
there's the moment after the first couple of rounds, people look at the VP track and how slowly it's climbed, and they ask you, what do we need well, to I've win again? I've got three. <laughs> Does that mean we're doing this many rounds? That's it. And you know what? I, I'd be in the same position if uh, it, it just, well, yeah. we're in for a long one, folks. It's definitely one that takes off, and then all of a sudden you're just like, somebody jumps seven, somebody jumps ten. It's, well, because it's insane. Yeah, because all the factions, if you look at the, actually pay attention to the player boards, and if you're learning, it's tough to keep track of everything, but all the early VPs are low. And then as soon as you start getting into the higher echelons, you're like you're making three or four a, a pop, and yeah. that's on top of everything else. And so yeah. But on that note, because this is like root is a game that snowballs. Yeah. It's almost an engine builder. In a sense. It, it sort of is. And, yeah. uh, and I'm just gonna skip Azul okay. because we've talked enough about Azul. Yeah. We taught Azul. They loved it. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Beautiful game. Yeah. Um. But in container, I played like it was an engine builder and i learned that this is very much not an engine builder game. okay so let's get into container here this is um i, I don't know if we talked about this on the show I, last week i think it wasn't brought up yet but um the uh i've had container for a little bit i kickstarted it was delayed by six months or maybe nine months even because the uh, chinese factory had bad ships and finally it comes out it's msrp is 105 dollars canadian yep. it is a heavy game it is a big game it's an uh, expensive game. It's a it's an oddly expensive game that has more or less I, I don't want to say bankrupted the company, but they're not going to be able to they're not making another run of the game. So yeah. that's that. They're done. They're done with this one. And you know what? It was a nice experiment. Maybe it'll become a collector's item or something with the resin ships, but or maybe some enterprising individual individual will make their own sort of uh, side kind of like the. Um, but meeple. there was a container before. There was a container before. I don't even know what it looked like. It was probably just basic wooden pieces, yep. which is you know, it's, it's fine. Nothing wrong with that. So container has come out again, and the premise is that you are all running uh, a shipping and receiving operation on the high seas, that you are manufacturing uh, containers using factories. You are buying containers from other people's factories because you can't buy from your own, and you're bringing them back to your warehouse, and you're loading them up on your boats, and you're sending them off to the foreign island or whatever they call it in the game. And then when you get there, you're you're trying to put them you're trying to put them up for auction, and you have the opportunity to sell them to everyone, or you say, mm, no, I want to buy them now, <laughs> and you pay the price for it. Joel, yeah. you got to play it. Jack has not. <laughs> what did I know, you think? It's kind, of, it's kind of heartbreaking to to bring a review of Container when Jack has been trying to play Container for so long, and we have this heartbreaking story of Jack <laughs> at his cottage <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> Putting out container and just looking around the room. <laughs> <laughs> I put up Please a little play uh, players me. players needed sign or token or whatever. And nobody biting. Yeah. But um oh, it was so cool. Okay. Jack, it's so cool. And, Tell and us about container. There were there were like four or five different types or moments in the game where I I just stopped after something happened. This is so cool. <laughs> I, <was just> like, <laughs> I lost my mind. I was loving it. And the thing is is like when it comes to economy games, games of economy uh, trading games, I am sorely lacking. I don't have much experience, so when I come across something, I say maybe food chain magnet is the closest. Well, you're, you're you're affecting prices. It's up to you to determine what you're selling it for. And yeah, but like when it comes to these, like so, it's almost like I got to play a new genre, you know? Hmm. And it's like, oh wow, oh oh wow, this is really cool. And I know that they talk about there's a risk of breaking the economy, but I don't think that it, there's. The, the loan function in it where you can take 10 bucks at any point and yep. you have to pay off a dollar each time uh, you'd have to be really really pushing your cash in order in order to break the bank and i don't know if our prices were fair mm -hmm. but 
let's explain the game and yeah. I'll come back because so I'm kind of just diving right in. So, so Joel, give us a, give us an overview. Yeah. So the game is uh, like Jack said, you have a ship, and you have containers. You can make containers, and for certain player counts, there'll be a certain amount out there. But the game ends when all of two colors of containers are produced. Okay, the turn will end and then the game and then you just Is it do produced scoring. or sold? Is it like as soon as they're they're not produced. in the bank anymore? Yeah. So once there's no once there's nothing uh to make of two types, game ends kind of like uh, Dominion when two piles run out. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, so you'll first of all you need to make the container. So you're gonna get a machine. And the machine costs you X money, uh, depending on which machine it is. So it's like four, six, nine, twelve. Right. Um, and then that machine, whatever color it is, will make that color container. Now you've got a container. Fantastic. Can't do anything with it. It Can't just sits interact in your with your own containers. You so, don't do that. So if you build a ton of stuff, which I did, uh, and you set it at three bucks, four bucks, or whatever, and nobody wants to pay your price. <laughs> Uh oh! You're just gonna sit on that stuff all and game. You've got limited space too in your warehouse, you, so eventually you're gonna have to start deciding to throw things out if you want to change the type produced as well, or yeah. what you've got. So the other thing is that you've got this fa factory in the back with the warehouse, and you set those prices. So you basically every time you build it, you can drop your containers on a one, two, three, or four, and you're saying this is what it costs to buy my stuff. Yeah. And then people can, on their turn as an action, buy any of your containers from that factory and then up front on your ports which is where they'll put it when they buy it from you um you've got a thing that goes from two to six and that's two three four five six is what price they can set and they can take x amount where x is how many warehouses they've built yeah and the warehouses again cost you know four six eight ten whatever so basically what you want to do is you build up a capacity you build up a couple uh machines you produce, produce some stuff and hope, come along, <laughs> buy my stuff, and then I'll come along with my ship. Yeah. And that's the next stage. Somebody comes along with their ship and buys it off you yeah. out of your um, your store, which is kind of the waterfront. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're setting your prices all right, you'll get involved in the economy. Someone will buy your things and then you can pull up with your ship <laughs> uh when you arrive at someone's port you get a free buy action which means you get to come in and purchase at the same time uh there is an open ocean in between the island and everybody else's location so you will have to take an action to go back to the water smell that sweet salty air it's really cool, Jack. <laughs> it's really a lot of fun. In case, like, if you're picking up on what Joel's saying, is that this is player-driven economy stuff. So it's yeah. up to you. It, no, the game's not saying, okay, everything is going to be priced at this level, and you you have to do this, and you know what's going to happen. If you want to, and you're a crazy man, you can sell your things for the highest price on the market and just sit there as nobody buys it because Joel put it for two dollars. But and, there can be a point yeah. where. Um, there's nothing available anymore, and yeah. then people are all of a sudden they have to pay. It's almost like there's some supply and demand <laughs> factors. Oh, it's so cool. And the the big thing, so like Joel was saying, once you get to the island, what happens is this is where the auctions happen. Yeah, this so is the best part. You pull in your boat, your boat, your ship, your shipping container to the foreign uh, auction, foreign island. I forget what they actually. It's something foreign, yeah. and you show up there, 
And now you've got a whole bunch of these shipping containers on your boat of different colors. Yeah. Now, what we missed is that the way the game works as far as scoring goes is that everyone has a card they've got and a list of value of what their containers of these colors are worth. Yeah. So everybody's got one that's worth 10, yeah, which is so, a lot. But it's different. And you want to look at that, and you think, okay, why am I not just getting all of the one container of that color? <laughs> ah, my friend. The way it works is that at the end of the game, whatever shipping container you've got the most of, that color, gone, gone, baby. So if you have put all of your most expensive ones into there because you thought you're being a tough guy, it, they're all gone. Whereas, and there's also bonuses for having one of every color, um, and a bunch of other things. So what happens is you get to the island and there's an auction, and all these shipping uh, things are these containers you've spent all this time and money getting and sending to the this island to sell. Now everyone gets a shot at this. So what happens is, is I think goes left of the player showed up, and everyone goes around, and you secretly take some money on these chits, and you put them upside down. And I don't know if it's all simultaneous, or is it one by one? It all I guess it doesn't yeah. matter, right? Well, it is. it does because um, the amount of cards you can kind of see. The amount of cards is important. Uh, and if you see somebody with five cards, there are zeros. You can so bluff. You can throw in zeros. Yeah to to make it look like more yeah but if somebody is throwing down five cards that might affect your decision so you're supposed to see what they how many cards they put at out at the same time no oh, okay so you go through and everyone reveals it and the person with the highest bid has the opportunity to buy all the containers that you have shipped to the island now you can look at that and say hmm joel paid a pretty good price for that it's uh he's getting these containers but you know no skin off my back I'll take your $15 for these containers, Joel. And for some reason, the, the government, government <laughs> the government <laughs> says, the best part. thank you, sir, for stimulating our economy. We're going to double that. So yeah. they hand you the exact same amount. So not only did you get $15 from Joel, you got $15 from the government. So now you're up 30 bucks on this shipping thing. Yeah. You didn't get any containers, though. Joel got all those containers. On the other hand, you say, mm -mm, no, Joel, I'm not happy with your bid. I think it's nonsense. Yeah. You say, I'm going to buy them myself. So you match Joel's bid, the highest bid. Does, would you get the money? I can't remember. Do you give it to the player that... Uh, I throw it in the bank. It goes to the bank. So so this is the risk of breaking the this, economy. Yeah, exactly. This. So like Joel's saying, you have now decided... So the opportunity was the government's going to flood. <laughs> where there's, there's some quantitative easing occurring after you purchase containers. But if you decide that... Or if, uh, in the, if someone else buys them from you. But if you buy them yourself... Protection policies. Money gone. <laughs> gone, baby. And there's the risk that um, if people are too greedy. Yeah, so and the, the way that the economy can die is if nobody has enough money to buy each other's containers. Yeah. People have either priced them too high or they've just gone too tight and now I have like a dollar left and I have no way to, to get <laughs> anything loans, out for but, ships. Um, but there's a maximum too. Because if you're not arriving with a ship, picking up things and getting on the island... You're never going to uh, get money from the government. Yeah. Um, so game, Jack has beautifully explained the game in theory. Now I'm going <laughs> to say theory. how it worked in practice. <laughs> Here we go. I'm excited. So loans. Yeah. Major thing. So any time in the game, any time, any time, say hold up. I'm taking a loan. Hold you, up. You grab a little loan symbol, <laughs> and you take ten bucks from yep. the bank. Now you have that extra currency for say beating somebody in a bid or going and picking up a whole bunch of containers uh, or buying your own things. You like can do what you, you can like see what the it. bid, you can see what the bids are out there and say, you don't like what you're going to get as far as cash. 
you can just say, you know what, I'm taking out a loan and I'm buying this myself. Yeah. In which case, you're taking money out of the economy, but you're t- putting ten, you're putting ten dollars in because of the loan. But then each turn, you have to contribute uh, a dollar. You have to pay interest, ten percent interest. Now you can pay it all off. You have to pay at least ten percent interest if on you it, have the cash. If you have the cash, but who's who's taking the loan just to yeah. pay an extra whatever? So to remove your loan costs the cost of the loan, and each turn you have to pay a dollar. And obviously, at the end of the game, if you still have the loans, you still have to pay that out of what you gained. Yeah. Now, what's the number one rule in teaching a game, Jack? Uh, how to win? How to win. Jason forgot to tell us how to win. Oh, no. So we didn't know <laughs> that didn't money <laughs> in your hand is victory points, similar to Scythe, where you don't think about those coins. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, those coins are the only thing that matters. Right. So we came to the end of the game, and I had a dollar left. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be tight. Uh, girl across from me, tons of money, $20 in loans. <laughs> <laughs> I beat her by a dollar. <laughs> that one dollar I had left was the difference when we counted up the value of all of our crates. So me thinking that the only thing that mattered was what was on the island. Yeah. And I thought that was well, X it's victory mostly. point. It's mostly. But... If the if you're selling, say let's say you're selling two crates and somebody yeah. bids um, a fair value, maybe ten bucks. Yeah. You're getting twenty dollars. There's no way you're ever getting more than twenty dollars worth out of those crates, even if they're your tens and you end up scoring them. Mm. So in that case, the cash is better than the crates. Hmm. So it's kind of it, it's a balancing it's act. It's so cool. <laughs> it's like, <you laughs> so can, tricky. And but that's why there's different strategies. It's like you can may, theoretically maybe you never sh- send a single container to the island. You just sit there and you're just you're just bidding yeah. and people are matching your bids and you're just quite happy to produce and produce out. and produce. And Making well, these people waste their turns on moving around turns. into the ocean and stuff. And I, I haven't played it. I just I know you're very happy about it. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I've heard great things. And that's this is. It was a temporary grail game because everyone loved it, and I've heard great things. And one of the people that I – the reason why I picked it up is because a guy said he is a huge food chain magnet friend, a fiend, yeah. and he loves it. He would play container, I think, over food chain uh, most days, even though he loves both of them. Yeah. But it's just because one – food chain is the, the a fiddly mess of a game. I love it. But God help you teaching it to people and, like, all the cards and the milestones. It's like oh, – it's like, it's like, let's compare – it's like Twilight Imperium to Mega Civ. It, it's they're they're interesting games that do similar things, but one of them is container is there are two actions you can do every turn I think and it's just it's very simple it's right there in front of you there's yeah. no hidden things to worry about beyond loans I think and uh, maybe um, the gimmick with uh, the scoring with all the crates or the the containers you've gotten it's like okay yeah. get rid of all the yellows because that's what you have the most yeah. of. But. Well, the cool thing also is if you're tied for the most for something you get to pick. Yeah. So obviously you'll throw away whatever's the least valuable for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was in a situation where I had only my tens out and I was really nervous that like I was just going to lose everything. Yeah. But I managed to tie it right at the end. And then I was kind of like I was looking around and I was like, okay, she's going to lose three. I'm going to lose three. He's yeah. going to lose four. Uh, let's just do it. So I just produced the last gray. Yeah. End of the game, just risk it for a biscuit. And it was, it was super tight. It was like 42, 46, 47. Wow. And wow. everyone was fairly fair yeah, yeah. as far as their pricing goes. There was always in the middle, yeah, twos yeah. and threes. It was the bidding that got insane. It was like 
okay, I'll, you know, produce these, I'll put them at two and three, fine, maybe throw one at one, because if you throw something at one, people will do use their action to come by from you yeah. to get the one, Yeah. but they're not going to waste their action getting a single yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, right? So they'll come in and they'll, well, while I'm here, it's kind of like McDonald's with their free fries every time, uh, <laughs> uh, the, what is it, every time the, uh, the Raptors score 13 three-pointers, That's you a get thing? a free fries. But you're there, so you're gonna buy something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then obviously, same with uh, with things being in the shop. People wanted to come. But the really weird thing is when you get, you can go pick up two crate, two things, come to the island, do a bid. You can come pick up four things, come to the island, do a bid. What gets really weird is people aren't floating a ton of money, <laughs> so you can't really get much more money for four crates than you can for two so you almost want to just underload your ship yeah and then go in there but interesting bids came down to uh, some serious bluffing and i had a situation where i came in with four crates and the highest bid was three. Oh, oh my god <laughs> i said screw you guys i'm buying this myself <laughs> yeah the cool thing about you being the one in if you get really screwed on the bids like that hey you're getting four crates Cheap. for three bucks yeah, yeah and you get to put them on your own island yeah so that's the function is you just need to match match the highest bid. So it sounds like having lots of cash on hand makes you gives you the versatility to do as you please. You can bully people with uh, bids and yes. it lets you kind of. I, I just love I love putting people in a position where in these types of games where it's like I, I think it's an auction game sort of um, inherent virtue or vice depending on who you talk to is that it, it makes this brinkmanship with like how much are you willing to spend. How, what's my threshold? Yeah. Am I just gonna like Cyclades does this with like I'm? Am I just gonna ramp up the price? I don't want this necessarily, but <laughs> I know you want it. So let's see what how what's your tolerance for pain with this exactly. stuff? And and the coolest thing <clears throat> is when you can float such a big lump of cash that you can go to someone's port, buy them out of everything they have, yeah. and then go to the island and know that no matter what they bid, you can. You still have the cash. I there can answer it. Yeah, to just throw that on your island without just forget you. Yeah, unless their bid is insane, and then hey, pay that's me. Good too. Yeah, the government's like, gonna give you some money, and so so cool. <laughs> sounds fascinating, and I, I cannot wait to yeah. like actually. We'll play tonight. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's just it's it's tremendous. I, it goes to show again. Haven't played it, but the simplicity of just like nice gears turning and gears and things moving nicely in a way that doesn't feel like contrived or yeah. or messed up. And I like giving you enough rope to hang yourself. If you yeah. if you screw up, that's on you. And I don't think it's a heavy game. Where would you put it? I think it's medium to light. I think medium to light. Learning wow. the game, maybe it's a little front front loaded but mm -hmm. even then it's like okay well uh, once you know the actions it's yep. buy from the factory buy from the port go to the island do a bit yeah there's four actions in the game yeah yeah yeah. no that that's what i'm saying like sim simple things just like this yeah. is what you do and now it's up to you go <laughs> go play in the the, in the bidding wars we <laughs> the had a ocean. couple of ties which were crazy you know two people bid seven and then yeah. they're gonna leave the seven there and then and you get to do second money. bidding <laughs> And then I get to 10, and I'm like, oh, this is my bid. I'm getting all this money. And then they tied again. Oh, uh, the second one. And then one of the girls is like, I'm, I'm, out. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> so did uh, how much rule searching was there? None, because the entire, all you need to know is on the back of a sheet. Yeah. You just read down that. And I mean, I know there's a stock broker in there, and you can. There's the investment the bank you can do in the Some other module. stuff. We, we didn't touch it, but. 
<clears throat> and everyone else had a positive reaction? I know because uh, yeah. Jason already played it uh, once. Well, Jason had bought it because you had posted on Guelph Board Gamers and is super happy and thinks I should buy it too. And I went home, obviously. And funny that it's a game of economy. And here I'm sitting like, oh, $105. It's a lot of money. I don't know if I could do this. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's about to be out of stock and maybe it's worth a lot more. But am I really going to sell it? Probably not. So I'm playing the game in real life. After I, get this. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, hold. This is going to get made here, but I say hold off for uh, Christmas or Black Friday or one of these things because I I would not be surprised if places like VGB or uh, through a sale on it through a sale on it because it's just it's such a big box and it's, it's a big thing. Yeah, you gotta think people gotta clear stuff for stock, especially yeah. around Christmas time. And uh, you maybe you'll see something like I think it's sitting with you get free shipping on it regardless if you buy it, which is <laughs> like shipping. kind of funny if you think about it. Yeah, but uh, I'm glad to, it makes me happy that <laughs> you had a really good you're, time. You're with coming, it. and and you know like you having read the rules and me having um, played a game, yeah. it's going to be very painless to teach <clears throat> it to the other two people or three people or whatever yeah, yeah. we end up playing. Okay, so you played with three. That's yeah. another question. Uh, it's th- it's a three-player minimum game because I guess theoretically you could do two with this. Yeah. It would be interesting. I almost want to s- just try it with two, see what happens. Um, were you happy with three? Very, yeah. I think Jason said that uh, a lot of people are saying five-player is where it's at, but a lot of other opinions are coming out now saying three is the best. And interesting. No one's, no one's really uh, settled on it yet, but three-player is very cool because you have kind of two people competing to bid for you, and then you've got the option of yourself, and then it comes around, and it's kind of this triangle of, okay, now this person's bidding, and they're bidding, and now it's my turn to bid. And you kind of, because the way the ships work, and the way, you know, it just kind of all balances out beautifully. Okay. Do you think it'd be insane at five? It would be, but I I still want to see what it's like. Do you think it'd be like an organized chaos, or it would be similar to, because uh, one of my biggest complaints with some of these games is that the higher play counts things get chaotic in a way that's like, there's no point in me paying attention to the board state outside of my own personal curiosity, because yeah. it changes so much per, from turn to turn that it's like, when it gets my turn, then I'll figure out what I want to do. Yeah, well, I think some people would just kind of be forced out of shipping all, entirely. They wouldn't just take their boats around. You'd probably find a lot of people that just dedicated to producing or dedicated to putting things on there. It's kind of funny how from your factory, it goes to somebody else's shop without any boats or anything. Yeah, that one is always a little, I'm surprised, but I guess it's just like it's part of the game. It, just, it couldn't make sense any other way, yeah. I guess. But um, I made the mistake of I, saw, I'm, I had some great bids at the start and I had tons of cash. So I built all my fact, all the machines that I possibly could. I produced twice with those, and you have a limit of having two of each item. And so I I just sat on um, – maybe I should have priced them cheaper. But were you being I just, greedy? I sat on all my goods, and I couldn't produce any more. Yeah. And they were just sitting there. <laughs> and that's, you know, in the, with three players, I think it's not as bad. But in, like, a five-player game, it seems like a death sentence because it's like – I can see Joel is like, he got <laughs> – that's a lovely loaded warehouse he's got. Yeah. You can change the prices on them too. Like, you're not so stuck. But you have to produce to change the prices. You have to produce to change prices. So you have to do a produce where you produce yeah. nothing and then maybe – but your own mistake. Three is a fairly reasonable price. Uh, a lot of other stuff was being purchased for three. Yeah. But we had one guy who had the only tan factory, and I guess tan was really popular. Because it's random, isn't it? Like you go into a bag and take a, yeah. a piece out. So that's kind of cool. It's like yeah. maybe the, the grognard grognards, I don't like it. I wanted to have this. Like, no, it's neat because then you end up with scarcity with like yeah. only one guy. Like has I a... took the gray so that that guy couldn't make gray things so that yeah. I would be the one. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool. Um. 
I think that's a good place to stop for a second. Um, yeah, who cares what Jack's been playing? Yeah, because it's... He played Azul. I played Azul. I played... I watched Root played, and I felt like I was playing Root, sort of, just yeah. to... You were, he was behind the scenes telling... Uh, trying to help the cats, trying master. to help the woodland. <laughs> the Vagabond knew what he was doing mostly the entire game, because he's, like, just... Which goes to show how easy the Vagabond... The Vagabon. birds got an instant turmoil. <laughs> which... <laughs> I mean, it, it was part of my part, partly my fault because I didn't have a move function in my yeah opening. Now, are you supposed to be leader? able to? Yeah. Because okay. if I had a move function, it was like move from is the easiest thing to add something to. Yeah. But if you can't get to that spot, you can never uh, move from it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the birds are fragile. If uh, maybe you're being greedy or a tough guy with some of the move actions, but it it was nice to see the Woodland Alliance, especially and a new person as well, like somebody yeah. who's never played the game before. Um, and I was really worried about her because she had a slow start with, because the Woodland needs people to be giving them cards. Otherwise, it's just this painful, painful little march. There it is. Notification from McDonald's. The Raptors lit it up with three pointers last night. They must have won. Come that, by man. for your free fries. So Leafs got crushed and made the, it rain. And the Raptors have been just on a, a kill spree. So, yeah. all right, we're gonna take a musical break, then we'll finish off the show with a quick discussion about uh, Epic Games and the Epic. dwindling minutes we have left. Stay tuned. De bom humor 
Back to CFR Unite 33 Androids Dungeon. What you just heard was uh, Space Oddity by Sui Jorge. <laughs> I always hear just Sui. Sue George, but it's like the most anglicized name yeah. possible from uh, Life Aquatic soundtrack, where it was all David Bowie covers by this, the Portuguese singer. And it's great, oh man, what a good movie! <sighs> Quality and just um, what's his name? They, they call him he, he makes the movies the white people like. Bill Murray? <laughs> or are you talking about the director? The director, yeah. Of Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Is a I Wes almost Anderson forgot, movie, yeah. it's like, okay, it's going to be this art house Berkey. kitschy, but uh, never bad. I Some people get frothy at the mouth when they mention for Wes Anderson. And it's I, polarizing. Oddly so, but I find like all the movies are just, I find them extremely honest. And that's something that I think I miss in a lot of flicks where it's like there's sad moments in Wes Anderson movies, but there's almost this vaguely fatalistic attitude where it's like sad things have happened and we can acknowledge we're sad, but let's move. We're, but the story doesn't stop. Yeah. We're going to proceed onward. Something endearing. Endearing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, I just love them. I really do. And Life Aquatic was uh, a friend. Uh, Maybe she, the best. I don't know if I'd say it's the best. It's a good one. It's really good. But what I was going to say is that what's cool about Life Aquatic, I don't know if it extends the rest of his films, is that you can – if you just rip the audio straight from the movie and just listen to it, it's like you can listen to the entire movie and it sounds yeah. great, almost like a radio play. It's that good. <laughs> and I don't know if it works for the rest of them because a lot of them are more visually focused, especially like, let's say, like Grand Budapest. Like There's all these outrageous chase scenes and stuff too. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know if it translates as well as um, Life Aquatic. But anyway. Grand Budapest kind of had its its moments, its ups and downs. <clears throat> I think we picked... Uh, that song though because i don't know if you've noticed but we're really excited about container lately <laughs> it, was and it might be the hotness coming up you never know is this tortured too expensive link between the two it's like <laughs> well they're on a boat yeah <laughs> it's a song anyway i hope it's the hotness it sounds although what was the runtime i forgot to ask too on container how long not long maybe 45 minutes whoa i was expecting two hours or something not even close. Wow. Oh, outstanding. Quick. We burned through two colors almost right away where we got to a point and we were like, me and the other girl who had gray and there was one gray cube left knew that we could end the game at any point, but we yeah. were both unsure Avoiding about our it, scores. Yeah. So we were just, we made an agreement with each other. Don't produce gray yeah. for a while. And then that's when I just kind of dropped off some stuff and I thought, maybe yeah, I'm going to make some gray. Yeah. All right. So we don't have much time left. Joel, what's an epic game? Epic. I always think of an epic game epic as win. running probably five or more hours. But the reason for it and the thing that all epic games have in common is these really long and involved rounds. And so mm. each round is almost like a game in itself. Huh. So if you think about a game as like 30 to 45 minutes, uh, up to an hour if it's really long, that's what you're experiencing in an epic. But then that epic will then, like whatever whatever resolves in that round affects the next one so the most obvious ones uh mega sieve you go through a round of 
producing units, moving units, fighting units, building cities, getting city cards, trading cards, and buying technology. And all of that takes about 45 minutes. It almost does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, 12 to 14 times that's how the runtime gets to 10 to 14 hours <laughs> yeah that's a good description i like that twilight imperium is another good example yeah um you know you'll uh produce there's seven strategy cards out there everybody's going to be playing one at least once and then on, on top of that they're going to be producing units moving units fighting yeah. units resolving combats yeah uh and then getting victory points if they can all of that takes 45 minutes to an hour. So it, it seems to me, based on your description, that I don't disagree with, but I was just trying to think about it when you were describing is that is it mostly time length or is it about the intensity combined with the time length? Like you're saying, of these turns that seem to last a long time, but it's because they're so complex. Yeah, that it... well, each of these games is obviously one thing they all have in common is they are heavy games, yeah. complicated games, literally heavy a lot too. of rules, <laughs> yeah. and really difficult to figure out. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think a much simpler one, but still just as heavy and uh, sort of drawn out s strategy wise would be diplomacy. Mm -hmm. And here you've got a round, which is any length that you want it to be. Usually in a live game, you'll do 15 minutes of negotiation, then it resolves. Total time to resolve and then do retreats, maybe 20 minutes. So you're looking at like 30 minutes per round. Mm -hmm but a lot more rounds involved in yeah, diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe seven hours for a game of diplomacy. Yeah, and I guess it, it, it's still the exact same thing like you're describing again. It's the, the idea that you're sinking time into making these plays for days, but the the actual resolution of them from start to finish is just like you're making so many of these long plays right to the end that it's just going to, by the time you look at your watch, it's like this has been 8, 10, 12 hours later. Yeah. And that's the thing is, uh, I guess one of the things that is the theme of an epic day game is that you dedicate a day to it. True. You're not gonna you're not gonna pick up an epic. What game are you doing tonight? Then, you know. Hey, that was fun. What else are we gonna play? Yeah, you're done. <laughs> you know, if you do a gaming night, you might play two or three games, or you might play one epic. Uh oh, run out of time. Uh, epic games are fun. Play them. And like you're saying, it's about organizing too. That's the part. Is like, but it's and people that are willing. But that's it. I think we've, we've kind of talked about this in the past. That some people are more likely to play a game that's supposedly epic. Once they get one, it's like, get the first one you done. You nailed it. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you hear about How a long? game taking How that long, long, nobody wants to do it. Yeah. Once they've played, they're in. And just like, I don't know if it was Stefan or... It must have been Stefan. I think after we did Mega Civ that one day, he was and like, Kayla. I'm up I'm up to do it next weekend. It's like anytime. <laughs> anytime. Yeah. Patrick too, Kayla. Yeah. They were all very critical. But we sure showed them. Dummies. I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Keep listening. <laughs>